Welcome to another episode of El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for the second season. And now we're about to talk about the actual Latin American reality. Buenas tardes, chicos. Aquí quien habla es Guillermo Paturi. And the planned city of Brasilia did not have a planned public transport system. Hola, hello, Cubo. My name is Raquel. And I'm wondering what's going on with the subway in Quito. Yeah, man. So we're here to talk about public transportation in our, in our home cities. The idea is to, to kind of have a, a comparative case study, um, but also uh, compare it here to, to Toronto. My kind of my first question, let's let's start from Toronto. Um, what do you guys think of the TTC? How, how does it compare to kind of the transportation systems you guys have back home? It's really good. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Although it's very expensive. The TTC, yes, it is expensive. My issue with the TTC, um, I can only really talk about the metro. I don't take a, I don't take the, the tram that much. But the thing about the metro that I'm never going to understand is why it, why why is why is there a loop? Why are they not mm. two separate lines? <laughs> and why aren't there? Why can't there be more like line two goes across line one? Yes. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. why can't there be more than one line yeah. two going yeah. across line one if you really want it to be a loop? Uh huh. I think it, man, I think the system, the system has a lot of trust. First that you can like put all the coins in the, in the, in the yeah. box. Like if it worked, no, this wouldn't work in Latin America at all. People just like put like <laughs> paper wraps and like, <laughs> like candies. The second thing is, is the, in the, on the subway, how like, how the seats are displayed. There's like mm-hmm. usually the, the, the L and then mm-hmm. there, when there's like a person sitting on one side of the L, this it means it kind of crunches people with yeah. their legs. It's the awful. It's really annoying. Yep. And at least in Brazil, usually our like our subways, they have the least amount of seats possible, yes. so you can fit as much people inside that <laughs> subway. I don't know. How do you guys want to do it? Like, do you want to start with one of them? Do you want to start with the worst? Because um, I. I would say the Rio's one is definitely. I'm sure with Rio. We can talk about Rio, then sure. we'll do Quito, then Brazilian. We can all comment on them. Okay. Okay, let us know. Okay, cool. So I, there's a lot to talk about the public transport transportation system in Rio, but I I just really wanted to touch on how it changed a lot from uh, the Olympics and the World Cup. That, that that was a major transformation in the public transportation system in in Rio. So I even brought a map. So. You guys on the podcast can't see the map, but we can definitely put the link up. Um, <laughs> you can see how, oh, like, wow. so so Rio is a really complicated city because it's pretty big as well. Oh, it's huge! Yeah, yeah. it's just like all this area, and uh, what happens is there are like many mountains right close to the mm-hmm. beaches. So this means that you have like these massive granite rocks in the middle of, of the of the neighborhoods and the neighborhoods are actually quite uh, like even the the most distant one like santa cruz which is like up um, west it's actually quite big and there's like millions of people that live there so mm-hmm. this means that the transportation system had to connect these hubs of people get scattered around the city with so many mountains and so many different types of, of, uh, of housing. And, and then what happened was 
we basically didn't have really a connection that went east-west. Yeah. The major um, uh, means of transportation was using a car. So you had many highways, so then um, they call it the, the yellow line and the red line. And these pass, they're actually, they're highways that are also overpasses that will pass by um, major like lower income areas so it's like express uh, highways from one side of the city to the other which is ex extremely exclusionary we can talk about that later too <laughs> so then what they basically decided to do was to expand the subway line okay. um so the subway line is only one line that goes like kind of in the south zone of rio up to here it's just kind of like that and um they decided to build what they call line four which is not another line, it's just a continuation of the same line. So like while here you have like the different lines with different colors and they're actually moving in different directions, in Rio it's just like the same line but with different colors, just so they can like pretend that it's huge, so it's like it has all the, the, the different uh, uh, the different colors. And then they made this, uh, this really, really, really expensive uh, um, project that, that, that kind of connected the the south side of the city to the west side of the city mm -hmm. um and they made it in hubs so baja which is actually my neighborhood was one of the the privileged hubs and that's where the many of the olympic stadiums were and they built like a like an olympic park mm -hmm. that was supposed that many issues with that um that was supposed to be a, a rebuilt after the the olympics the, for people to use and then now it's closed it's still shut down the past two years it had like <laughs> It, um, uh, they detected more than 100,000, 100, I think, irregularities in the, in the actual structure of the building. So with like, like basic things, like different kinds of, like the concrete was not as good as it's supposed to. One of, oh, one of the, ma the, the major things that happened was that one of the covers of one of the stadiums, um, they made it in a, like a, a different material that was actually flammable. And a balloon, like one of those like flame balloons fell exactly there and it burns the whole uh, like upper side of the the stadium and they because it was a flammable material and it actually shouldn't be that aside so what they so what they decided to do was that they tried to like concentrate the, the public uh, like funnel the, the public transportation system in basically two things um, the subway and what they call the BRT which is the bus rapid um, transit system yeah so and those are like the articulated buses and uh so they have like now they have exclusive lanes and that was also a major point of contention and what happens now is that and if you see the graphs they were able actually to change but the, they have regular bus lines and in brazil uh vans are also a, a major uh, uh medium of transportation. So they were able to transfer like a good portion of the people that were using these regular bus lines to the BRTs and the subway. But the problem is that you're funneling millions of people in one service, in like one specific service that doesn't have enough um, buses to hold, withhold all the, the number of people. So, so for example, you have the, the, like, uh, the major stations like Alvorado, which is actually quite close to my place. And you have like, ah, uh, so, so the bus will stop and um, people will make these like huge lines and they'll to the point where they'll get to a U and there's no respect. People will just like cut the line so you, you, like, you see the, 
like it gets to you to the point where it's really close to the door so then people just like cut the line <laughs> and not only that but like they actually punch each other to like get inside the bus and be able to like sit um, because the, the line, the, because some people travel for hours in these, in these uh, BRTs, right? Because it was able to connect kind of like this, the, the, the south area to the west. Mm -hmm. So then you have a large influx of people just like concentrated and jammed into one system that basically doesn't work. And one of the saddest things is, is to see, because there are stations, right? Yeah. So bus stations, is to see the bus stations, some of them are completely destroyed. Some of them were burnt. Some of them, so they were all, they're, they're beautiful. They're made of glass and stuff. All of the glass were just completely destroyed. And they had to like deactivate many of them because along the way people were just destroying it to the point where like it was not sustainable anymore. Cause, uh, so people also tend, ferry evasion is classic. So you have like the glass doors, they'll open and close, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in the stations, uh, if, for you to actually go in the bus or get out of the bus and most of them are jammed open. So then people just like go off on the street and then just like jump inside or or just like stand. There's like a thin kind of concrete line where people just kind of like stand there and like and, and, and wait for the bus to come and then the bus comes and they'll just like go inside without um, paying for it. So that's that's one of, of the, the major wild things that happens. And, and it's not sustaining all the number of people that, that use this service. Mm -hmm. And it gets to a point where, and I, and I had to use it a lot, um, it gets to the point where it's, it's, it's unmanageable, it's inhumane. It's like just people crammed inside that bus to the point of explosion. And it's, and it's something that really, really used to really bother me. Because I, public transportation is one, it's one of the things that, and that, that's why we, we kind of brought up this, this uh, podcast too but it, it's a right it's a right to the city if you yep. think about Evo Morales talking about the right to the city in Bolivia and, and this is a clear violation of my rights I I can't move from one side of the city to the other in a in a normal and humane way and that's why and that's why I wanted to kind of start this dialogue and conversation and see what is the what are the comparisons here with with your cities and whether they're the public transportation systems actually work because in Rio it it doesn't and you can you can see this large influx of money that was that completely changed the um, the system in, in in rio specifically because of the olympics because of the world cup and despite all of that you have this uh increase of, of uh, increase of capacity while the money is there and then two three four years later they don't have any maintenance so so the system just breaks itself down because the, it's, not sustainable. it's not sustainable at all. So I'm wondering. So from like the, before the Olympics, how how different was the system? Was at some point that you you could say like, oh no, like the uh, Rio uh, public transportation system was good. Was that a thing before the Olympics, or do you think that with the Olympics it just got worse? The thing is, it's not connected properly. So even bef before the Olympics, they had just like the the regular bus lines with like different they, they had millions of numbers and you just got lost to the point where like google had problems like like oh. finding routes because 
it was just so many number of like uh, num of, of, of bus lines and, and alternatives. They had like a thousand and one A, a thousand and B, C, going to the specific parts of the city. Mm -hmm. And then the first step that they did was to um, unify the lines and have like integrated line one, integrated line two, up to nine. But it's like it's stupid public planning because you you integrate the lines, which is a good idea. Yeah. So this means that you have to increase the number of buses because now you're going to have a larger number of people using these lines. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. So you just had like less buses. There was just there was just an excuse to reduce the amount of buses for a while so that they could actually like set up the whole BRT system that worked beautifully for a couple of years until yeah. people completely destroyed it. So. That's very interesting. Um, in terms of prices, um, can you tell us about the fares for like the, I don't know, students uh, or like general public? So the fair, the fair used to be, what, remember the, 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 the protest, was it 2013? Yes, um, 2013. 2013. And it was, it was, people were complaining that it was two highs and 95 cents. Wow. Okay. That now, that, that's how much in dollars that. Tempos imemoriais que não voltam mais. And that was back then. 95 cents, maybe? Back then. Canadian was, dollars? How much was it? You said 219? Yeah. 295. 295. Back in the day, because that was the heyday of um, the Brazilian economy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was in the boom years. <laughs> so back then, like, uh, back then, this went for around a uh, dollar. And 45 cents. So, and, and now I believe it's 415, 420. And usually they have these like really annoying numbers that are, they don't round up. I think they should always have like enough for change. Why, why does it have to be 415? This means that you still have to circulate five cents in, Brazil, in the Brazilian real. And the Brazilian real is not really worth anything. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's now four, a little bit more than four, wow. which is really expensive compared to. Uh, the, the the minimum wage in Brazil, which is now about a little bit over a thousand a thousand reais. So, if you multiply that's like four by thirty, but then this means it's going and coming back. Of course, it's mostly integrated in the person's like salary, but yeah. um, but it's really expensive if you and 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 what they oh amazing thing too because they integrated the system um, with like BRTs and the subways and stuff. But instead of, of doing just like having one um, um, fare, like car that you could use, like a Presto here, um, you had different ones and you have to pay as you go. So you pay for one and then when you get to the subway, you pay again. So this means that it just like increments how much you're, you're paying as you go and it's supposedly an, an integrated line. And, it, and, it, and it, because it funnels you there, you're, you're, you're obliged to pay because you have to take for example, the subway, which is usually the fastest route to go to another place to be able to get the BRT. It facilitates exclusion, it concentrates people. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it, in, in theory, a really good system, but in practice, it, it just completely fell apart. Honestly, the subway stations are only exist in the really, really rich neighborhoods. How long will it take you to go from one end to the other one? Yeah. So then, um, by car, it's one hour and a half. Okay. Um, and public transportation, it's two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. And you have to take up the bus, the subway, then the train. So, wow. So That's pretty long. It's, yeah, and it's a huge city, so I... So, so I guess that people prefer to have their own cars than use the public transit? Yeah, in general, I'd say, yeah. 
I mean, of course, like the people that really like, end up depending on the, the the system, they just have to use it, right? But I'd say that I'd say that in in certain specific areas, and that's something that I really wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, the, the investment was was done at least for the Olympics and the and the um, the World Cup. It was yeah. done um, in conjunction with many. Um, it was they call it um, public-private partnerships. Yeah. And that's and that's a uh, kind of a relatively new way of doing urban planning because um, this integrates also like different kinds of companies into what you're trying to do and instead of um, well instead of spreading the investment um, and also passing it to the actual areas of need mm -hmm. they focused it on hubs and on, on centers in the city um, they're actually high income so you had a, a Abs like absurd increase in the in the rent prices in these regions and a concentration of profit so then you just it just facilitates exclusion as I was saying because now the the rich areas are even more rich are even more inaccessible in terms of prices and the and the poor areas are even poorer and even less accessible so I would say that like of course the Olympics they did have like good there, there were really really good projects that came out of this um, mm -hmm. um, the main one was they what they they got the, um, uh, what's it called it's the civil police the kind of municipal police um, to actually so they had like focus points where people were were, were being mugged or like the, the peak violence violence um, points in, in Rio and they were actually putting new um, um, police rounds and this, this kind of stuff. These are policemen without guns, right? Just with the batons, but just just having some form of state presence in these areas already ch completely changed a lot of, of, of the city. And in, in the main part was in the downtown area because the downtown area was was complete was it was falling to pieces. So now it had like a, a good investment. There's this. <laughs> So I think I told you the story. Yes. Yeah. So, so what happened was um, the downtown area had one of those those highways that I was saying, the express highways, um, and going over it and in many areas, and they decided to blow it up um, mm -hmm. to destroy it, so they would able to they would be able to actually revitalize the area because these highways completely bash and destroy the the, the kind of uh, the neighborhoods that are. Um, basically underneath them mm -hmm. so they they imploded it and it was like a huge thing and they of course they salvaged many parts and one of the parts was the kind of the this the what are they the, the pillars of the the concrete pillars the concrete and metal um, pillars that used to sustain kind of the highway and I, I remember waking up this one day um, and turning on the news and uh, the, the, the big news was that they had stolen the pillars of the perimetra. So it is like the funniest thing, because it was, they, 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 it was, the news report was there and it, it, they, they went to the storage place that they actually took, and it has to be taken in like trucks, huge trucks. And um, they put it all there and it completely disappeared overnight. And, and then they're just interviewing the security guard. The, 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 this one guy, was, you can see it was like a, 
like a really really humble this this man shouldn't be be interviewed because he had nothing to do with it and they're like how the how how did you manage to steal how someone managed to steal these things it's like yeah but i didn't see it i thought they were there but they're not so it's like wow it's, it's one of these stories that just like it just embodies what brazil is sometimes you know it embodies what we what we try to do because sometimes we you know this this amazing project that that did do a lot of good but either way we still have this, this someone stealing the the, the freaking pillars yeah i'm wondering if i go to to rio would you recommend me to take the public transit should i use i think it's Uber? an experience okay i think it's an experience it's like I guess it's it's a little bit like when I went to Mexico. You have to know where you're going. Okay. Like if it's not absolutely dangerous and absolutely trashed, it like it works. It works many times. People use it a lot. Um, but if you go to the wrong areas, if you use it at like non-peak hours and you're mm. dressed up in a different way, eh, I don't. I wouldn't it recommend. Be like that, but you know, yeah, it shouldn't be like that. So. Yeah. So it, I, I think it does work. It has many issues, and, but it, it's not there. And, and given all the investments, these are millions, billions mm -hmm. that were invested specifically in the city of Rio, and, and, it, and it didn't come out for the population as, as expected. Honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but my time in Brasilia, I was I, I stayed in Brasilia for a while, like two years ago, and maybe it's not even a public. Like it's a public transportation thing, I guess. So the the city is. It's divided in it's it's, it's what, how is it called plano piloto it's the, the um, like this well in wings right yes wings so let's call them they're basically the neighborhoods of the city we have two wings the north and the south wing imagine literally imagine an airplane wing and there's two of them right so it's the same the brazilian span like this there are two wings that are shaped like an airplane wing one is called the north wing and the other is called the south wing very creative yeah. name as a matter of fact <laughs> So and and there there are like um, two parallel avenues, maybe more. Three. There are there are three run. parallel avenues, which are the most important ones. One yeah. is uh, eight lanes. It's called the Chão, so the, it's called the main axis. And yeah. um, <laughs> the next, the main axis, there are two uh, auxiliary um, avenues. They're called Eixinhos, so it's called them the minor axi. Is that the <laughs> plural of axis? Um, minor axi, yeah. um, which are four four lanes each. Oh wow! So so then the, the the thing that got to my mind was that when it rained, the what they call chisorinhas, right? Which are like the roundabouts, the returns yes, like, yes. that you take in the in the highways. They 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 flood. They flood completely. They flood. Zero yeah. drainage system. Like it's like <laughs> a planned city. It's a no. It, it become they become huge swimming pools that you can't cross. Are we? Oh, we're talking about Brazilian now. Great. I'm very. Yeah, I'm talking about Brazilian here. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, so let's transition. Leo, change the song now. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. More edit work. Thank you very much. Uh, or you can cut this part, anyways. Um, so. I'd like to start speaking about the Brasilia metro system, Leo, which you're very familiar with as well. I oh, know. Um, so we have... Oh my god, Jesus Christ. Okay, so we have... They are two lines. They, they are, okay. Well, they are technically two lines. The thing with the two lines... It's the line that splits into it. Um, so it is two lines, but for half of it, it's just one line. And then um, at literally the midpoint of the tube, um, it, it splits into two 
and it's 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 not very good. It's not very big. It's not very accessible, uh, especially because Brasilia is a city in which, well, of course, that um, a lot of people live in the south and northern wing, but most people live in cities called cidade satélite. So that's literally translating to satellite cities, which are. Um, um, the, 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 the periphery of the city, so the smaller urban regions across, <laughs> around the city. And that's where most people come, live, and they go to Brasilia, the actual, actually Brasilia, the city, to, to work. And the tube is not good enough, it doesn't reach nearly as far as it should for to, to bring the people from the satellite cities into the main downtown core. And that is completely absurd. The, also, the tube is really small. I think the TTC, how many cars does the TTC have? It's uh, mm. like 16, around that? I have no idea. I, I mean, let's say, I think it's like 16. Yeah. Brazilian has four. They have four cars. So, four vagões. Yeah, the cars. I never noticed that. They have four. Wow. The state. And the tube is completely packed in peak hours. Completely packed. Uh -huh. Which, again, uh, absolutely absurd. And that's actually just interrupting you because there's an interesting kind of history part of it because Brasilia was built absolutely from scratch right, yes. in the 1960s. So they brought all these people called the Kalangush from usually from the northeast um, to work on the construction of the city. But instead of housing these people in the city, in the planned part of the city, which is called Plano Piloto, or in the, either the south wing or the north wing, they started to house people outside the city. Mm -hmm. So this created all the satellite cities that are yes. actually quite dangerous, right? It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Satellite cities are, have very had the highest rate of homicide in the federal... Uh, yes, Brasilia. Okay, so, side note. Um, <laughs> Brasilia and all of these satellite cities are in a... It's a state kind of like Washington DC, kind of like the Distrito Federal in Mexico. Um, it's literally called the Federal District as well. And so the Federal District encompasses Brasilia and all the satellite cities. The satellite cities have the highest rate of homicide in the Federal District, the higher, the highest rates of mugging, of death, of literally every bad thing. They're not very well policed. Um, People are harassed by the police there, the lower, the more humble part of the population is consistently harassed by the police forces. And the situation is very, very, very negative. But again, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, <laughs> back to the public transport system. And there was talk of expanding the metro. Raquel is sitting right next to me and she searched up Brasilia Metro. And the first thing that comes up is a lie. They added a, a, a line that does not exist. <laughs> So, so, and, and, and it's, okay, let's remind this again, it's a planned city, right? It's a planned city. <laughs> and it's, it's well, the, the, the subway starts um, right in the middle of the wing and it goes down, but it does not exist in the north wing. No, it does not exist in the north wing. And it wing. was planned to exist. Right? It was planned to exist, yeah. and it doesn't. So, and like, this part doesn't Yes, so that, that, they all, so, it starts literally at a station called, very creatively, again, Central, so yeah. Central. And <laughs> we'll provide maps, guys. We will provide maps. Uh, it starts at Central. And the thing is that the Central is where the, uh, the main bus terminal is of the city, which is, wow, how convenient. But it's, it should have a line going north and it should have a line going south. It only has a line going south. And this map also shows that there's a metro. Oh, and by the, the, this, this the tube goes right underneath uh, the avenue I was talking about before, which is the uh, main axis and the uh, minor axi. 
And in this map that uh, Raquel pulled up also shows that there's a line under one of the, the smaller avenues called the, the West W3, the W3, the W3 Avenue, <laughs> which does not exist either. So there's, I'm seeing four lines in this map which do not exist. Well, is that the plan? Maybe the plan for what it's supposed to be? Maybe. The point is that the tube in Brasilia is absolutely ridiculous and people know that. So that's why um, in the World Cup, and that was going to happen, and everyone was very excited about the World Cup in what, 2010 when Brazil was selected to be to host the World Cup in 2014, there was talk of building um, a, a tramvia, a tram, what do they call it in Toronto? A streetcar. They wanted to build a streetcar. Um, in Brasilia, and people were very excited about that. It would actually go in the avenue we were speaking about before, the W3 Avenue. And That's not a bad idea. It was a great idea. Yeah. And I remember I was I was probably around 10 or 11, and my mom took me to like this um, this exposition they were having, and which they showed how the the tram, the, the, the streetcar was going to be like, mm -hmm. how it was going to operate, and I was so excited about it. Yeah. And what happened is construction started. I think it lasted for maybe six months, and then it was embargoed by the federal court of Brasilia. Because uh, there were high, high, high indications of money, la money laundering and, um, <laughs> and corruption. So that was embargoed for about two years, two or three years. So about a year before the World Cup, people noticed that we, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen anymore. And instead of getting the, the great new tram that was going to revolutionize Brasilia, we got the same thing as Rio. We got the Velite, which is the, what is it again in English? The bus rapid transit. Oh, it's a BRT. Yeah. yeah. Bus rapid transit system. Oh, you did? We did. We have a bus rapid transit. Uh, but it's much... It's, oh, yeah. It, but it's not, in, uh, it's not in a separate... No, uh, it's not in a separate lane and it's lane. much inferior than Rio's. The only, there are sections in which it's a private lane. I only can think of one, which is yeah. uh, towards uh, the airport. Mm -hmm. um, but no, we didn't really get... Um, the, the tram that was promised, and that is again a problem because the tram was supposed to go as far as the satellite cities and it was going to be a huge project that again marginalized the lower classes because Brasilia, coming back, with the whole the whole problem with Brasilia is that it was planned for the car. When it was built in the 1960s, the president was Juscelino Kubitschek, who... Volkswagen was like, bam, bam, bam. Volkswagen <laughs> was investing in Brazil terribly. And Brasilia was made for cars. Brasilia was made for people to drive around. Brasilia, you can't walk from a place to another in Brasilia. It's not something you do. You either take a car or you take public transport, which public transport is terrible. So it marginalizes the population because lower classes, the, the more humble sections of the population can't get around the city, especially when there are strikes, which happen frequently <laughs> in, the, in the tube, uh, in buses as well. But yeah, um, that's the main idea. Oh, buses. Uh, buses in Brasilia are a lot of what Leo was talking about before. In Rio, how there were zillions of lines with random numbers. And there's no central map like a TTC. There's not a map you can look. My, my Google Maps doesn't work in Brasilia for like public no. transportation. Because there's so many lines that go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And because and it, it's, it's so focalized and it's going to all these satellite cities. So you imagine how many lines that like just... Right. Intermingle and go. And there's... <laughs> it's really hard to know where a line is going because, again, as I was saying, there's no map like a TTC where you can look and see, oh, the bus stops here, here, and here. No. Yeah. The bus says... <laughs> so let's say you're at the central bus state terminal and the bus says, I don't know, Itapura. 
You have to magically know that that bus actually stops in most of the very, very rich area of the Lago Norte, of the North Lake, which is the most, um, the, one of the fanciest regions of Brasilia. But you wouldn't know it stopped there because Itaporã is actually a favela, close to the, this very, very, very um, privileged area in the city. So the, the lines are really, really a problem. You, it's really hard to know where the buses are going. And even though there are many buses, the service is terrible. There's not enough. In rush hour, I've seen people wait for two hours to get a bus. They don't fit in the bus. There's not enough buses. There's not enough buses. There's not enough tube. The tram doesn't exist. And the, vet, the, the BRT isn't doing nearly enough as it should. So that is the overall picture in Brasilia, Leo. Yeah, no, and, and that's a similar frustration that we share of like, and it, I mean, it happens everywhere. We hear about it in Toronto too, how they, they had this other plan of building new lines and these never, never actually got built. But in, 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 in Rio, we are getting tired of being promised things and not getting them. And, or either getting them and they being unsustainable for a couple of years. So I'm just wondering like, that's the same thing happened in Ecuador. It's, yes. it's like, I can imagine, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. it, like corruption, like corruption yes, in a municipal yes. level in, in Brazil in general yeah. is yeah. normal. Yeah. No, no. And I, and I want to start with like these uh, pretty like small and simple examples. So for example, if you take the, what we call the metro, which is in, like a metro bus. So it's like these, uh, Kind of like a bus it's not a bus but it has it's like its, it's own like line mm -hmm. okay and back then we used to pay 25 cents so for us that's that's why i say like what do i think about the ttc it's very expensive because yeah. even though right now i think that uh if you're like plus 18 i mean if you're I mean, if you're not a student you pay around like 35 cents of you like us dollars so it's mm -hmm. like pretty cheap for us um but yeah, so I remember going to, to the station, paying, I don't know, with like a 50 cents coin, and then they will not give you the exact change. So like the people that work at the stations, they were not giving you the the change that you, that, that like, it's not that you need it, but like the, the change, the, the right change, yeah. right? So I'm, that, that's one of example of corruption. So at least the, the Metrobus, we had like, we started with the, these little like paper tickets so there was a lot of corruption because people were paying uh with like a, with bills or with uh bigger coins and then they didn't have a change and then it will say oh sorry i don't have change mm -hmm. so then you will be like okay it's okay but they just you but then you keep adding people and people that keep doing the same and then the the workers there at the end they had like extra money for them and then they changed and then we started having some cards similar to the Presto card. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it lasted like maybe like one year um, and then we went back to the, the paper tickets. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of corruption for sure. And so, so Quito. Quito is um, a pretty interesting city, especially because we are surrounded by mountains. And then we have um, so we have, yeah, we are surrounded by mountains and then we have the Los Valles, so like the, like the valleys, um, to the, uh, east, east side of, of the city. Um, so at least in like Quito, Quito, we have like different, uh, 
public transportation system. So we have the uh, different like buses, uh, we have the, the metrobus, we have the like something similar to the streetcars. And now they're building the subway. And this project it's quite interesting because well they started build, building it in 20, I think 2013 probably. And the goal with this is that so transit in Quito is it's insane. Um, they started with like these alternatives of um, they were called um, pico y placa, and it mainly meant that, for example, your your car the plug ended in like five, you were not able to use your car, for example, on a Thursday. Oh. From okay. like I think it used to be from um, seven thirty to nine or like seven to nine, and then you were not able to use it from like four to 7.30 in the afternoon. But now there's this new program that it's called Oino Circula, and it's mainly like throughout the entire day, you're not able to use your car. The problem with this is that when people realize that they cannot use their cars, they decided to buy another one. So people just kept buying cars as a solution to, to these, uh, rule that the uh, that they implemented and the subway is supposed to help reduce the transit in the city although I don't know if it's going to help um, this project is also very very interesting because it was supposed to be done by like two years ago I think so and at some point all the quiteños we were like what's going on with the subway are they going to finish it uh, how long is it going to be? And it's actually pretty small. It's uh, it goes. It's I think it's only like 22 kilometers from like north to south. Oh, and from the north, it's not even like the real like north of the city. So the north, like the, the first station starts um, at the south entrance of the old airport, and the old airport used to be in like the north, but not the very north of the city. Um, so then there's this thing about like what's going to happen with the people living in Carcelén, which is like this uh, part of like the, like the northern part of the city. Like how are they going to get to the um, like to the subway station? And then they will have to implement more buses or more like other types of transportation to help them get here. So yeah, the, the subway is pretty small. It's like 22 kilometers. It's supposed to connect the north and the south of the city. I think it's, for what I read, it's supposed to be done uh, by the end of this year. Uh, so hopefully we can go and see how, how it works. I, I'm excited about it for sure. Um, but I'm just wondering how accessible is it going to be for people living, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour away from like the, the first, first stop. Um, as you and uh, you already mentioned, the idea of it's our public transportation is not accessible to the poorest. So I'm wondering why is, is this is such a common thing? I don't know if it's only Latin America or somewhere else in the world, but at the end, the the public transit is supposed to be for like the poorest, right? Or like I mean, for every citizen. But at the end, it's like they are not able to have a car, right? So like, let's help them to use public transit, but at the end, the public transit is not good. Um, women especially, we are victims of uh, sexual harassment. It's insane. Do you guys have like uh, like specific cars or specific 
sides of the bus where no. so really? now in no. Rio we have wow, this Brazil's yeah. advanced yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah it was a it was a major point of contention too because it happened in the the subway but it was just one of the subway cars mm. that would have that but now in the the BRT which is an articulated bus it's yep. divided in half right no so they made mm. one half for women and and then the other half for everyone so now in peak hours you'll have a lot of men kind of going to the women's side because the bus is kind of 50-50. Yeah. And I do understand, I think, that you should have some form of rule, you should have these this, these kinds of, of rights. Okay. But when you divide the bus 50-50, this means that it's really hard in peak hours when you have billions of people, people going yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. So yeah, uh, in Brasilia we have the same uh, the metro thing. So in the yeah. tube, the first car is for women only, yeah. which is great. We have four cars and, and, <laughs> and well, at least it's a quarter. In Rio, it's a half. I think I don't know if I really agree with that policy though, because how gender inclusive is it? Like, I think Brazil's light years away from gender inclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. I mean, yes, I mean, that's, okay, I'm, I'm quite sad about that comment, but um, yeah, well, I'm studying women and gender studies, that's one of my majors. Um, since I started studying, started studying these, I'm just, every time that I kind of like think about home, there are so many things that are not gender inclusive, and with this thing that you're telling me that like 50% of the, of the car was only for like you, for, for you to be used by women, just like good because like women we are very harassed by by men but at the same time what happened what, what what's going on with the inclusivity of that part with other gender uh, identities no yeah. i mean definitely definitely like uh it's it's just that i laughed how how absurd it is because we get focused in these like minor details talking about like oh it's 50 50 it's a quarter it's oh it shouldn't be it should be there was a heated debates with um, women being in favor some women even being against and and the majority of men just really bashing this idea because and and we don't get caught in these actually important discussions about gender it's it's not something that really so yeah, so uh, there were some campaigns. Uh, one was called like uh, "No al acoso," which mainly meant like no to like harassment. Um, and some like networks of like help for women that were going through like I don't know, someone was harassing them. So what can they, what can they do in the subway or in the in the bus? Uh, but still, like I, I remember when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to use public transit. It, I will, if my brothers were not with me or if I was going with someone else but it's because people they just like look at you, they touch you, they try to talk to you and then it just, I, for me it was, I didn't feel I don't know, like comfortable with that I don't think anyone would feel happy if someone approached you and they started like trying to touch you or try to talk to you so um, yeah that's the, the other thing about our public transit is I don't think it's only about how many lines we have or how cheap is it, it like the subway, like the, the, the transit is just like how are we, how are we as a society work in these environments? Yeah, no, we and we, I touched a little bit in this education, kind of education civic part, yeah. but it's it's really important to talk and I said it jokingly, of course, like people like yeah. fighting 
But it's sad to see these things. Yeah. Like, um, it's sad to see people cutting the line like that because it's not only just cutting the line, but it's in an aggressive way. You have yeah. people actually hitting them, like hitting and bashing. And you see the education here in the TTC, and it's completely different, right? Yeah. At least, like, these minor things, but really important, like letting the person go out of uh, the bus or the subway before you come in. Right? Wow. It's unimaginable. Or also the amount of. Um... Are they like accessible? Like, uh, no, 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 wait. Not, the, even, not in the slides. The, 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 the seats, like, there are so many uh, seats for people with disabilities, right? But back home, I remember at least the buses, I think there are only like any. If you see a person with disability, you are supposed to like stand up and offer them your seat. But there are also like two or three seats just for them, but only two or three seats out of like, I don't know, 30. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, and it's, it's very sad because especially for example, when you see a pregnant woman or a person with disability, they come in and then automatically a lot of people are going to pretend that they're sleeping, oh, yeah. that they're studying, that they're reading, that they have something really, really, really important to do in their phones. And I'm like, I don't think it's that hard to stand up and offer them your seat. Like I remember so many times that I had to kind of like call out some some people there because they were like they saw they saw them and they were like, nope, I don't I'm not I don't wanna give up my seat. So it's there's I feel like we have this sense of such a like I don't know if if, if it's selfishness or is uh Everyone is trying to mind their own business and like I don't care about anyone else, but it's just very sad to see that. So for me, when I when I compare the public transit from Quito to here, I'm very happy and I'm like I don't when I use it, I don't feel that like harassed by anyone. I feel that there are usually many seats available for you, or even when you're standing up, like you have you still have your own space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's and it's wild to see how, in in a in a collective, it's a, it's a, it's a it's an environment, a collective environment, a communal environment. That's where you're sharing seats, you're sharing a space. Mm -hmm. How how atomized people are, and in at least in in a public transportation system like the ones in Latin America or specifically in the cities that we're talking about yeah. they're 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 bad to the point where they they leave people on edge and it feels like everyone is on edge everyone is ready to like scream and and, and, and hit and, and and bash against each other and it and it's this and it's this really sick feeling that I get that I really don't like and again the classic problem with violence so. yeah in real, you have it happens all the time. So, and, and it's and it's and I guess it's part of also this the, the right to, to public transportation, like just like in what that is again, like the right to the city. It's you're using this a service and you're afraid you're going to be mugged. You're afraid you're going to be mm -hmm. yeah. again harassed. Um, so, so it's 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 really it's 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 tense. I feel tense. I I. I and, and I mean, I haven't been here for such a long time. It's been three years now. But I, you get used to like the comfort and the, yeah. the having a, and it's having your, your space and then you, and you, and you go back and it's such a discomfort. It's such a, 
it's at least I feel like I'm out of place. It feels like man, it, it could be so much better, but it's not because of all these all, all of these complex factors. But something that happens in Brazil is that you'll have a lot of like um, what's it called, like the the street vendors, the street sellers. Yeah, yeah and they'll go inside. Them. They'll go inside yes. Um, yes. the bus and like selling things, and it's it, it's become like a cultural thing yeah and, and then you get people like, like even selling alcohol selling beer and then oh, wow. yeah and then uh, 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 people like That's going back at the end of their shifts and they'll like buy a can of beer and just like have it at the bus wow that's that's not yeah. legal i've seen people yeah. people playing cards oh, wow. so it's like it's like it's really full food so then one person holds <laughs> the the deck of cards and i don't know what they were playing but one person holds his deck of cards and the others are kind of around so yeah wow. so see we still like so, it's to, to kind of lighten the mood because yeah. we were still. It's funny how people find ways around it, you know. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, we also have that, but we so Ecuador. We we have a lot of people from Venezuela and Colombia, and there are many of them that they are holding these like cardboards saying, "I just got here. I have no money. Please help me feed my family." So then it's not like they are forcing you, but they are putting you in a position to that you have to help them, right? Or people being very sick and then they have all the results, all the x-rays, every like blood, I don't know, sample that they went through and they, sorry. And they, they are trying to be like, I'm sick, I need money to pay to this doctor, can you help me? And then you're like... Doesn't it feel, I don't know if you've ever had that, but it's like... With you saying that, doesn't it feel like, at least in Rio and like the different places I've been in, in Latin America, this, the public transportation specifically, it's kind of like an ecosystem. Yeah. It's like an ecosystem, yeah. like an ecosystem of like different things happening and so many things. If you yeah. co- if you come here, it's it's like yeah, of course you have people. You have like some you have the, the specific places in the station where you can have musicians and stuff. But in, in Rio, it feels like there's so many things happening. Yeah. Like, that is the street vendor, and then it's the person passing by with the little kid and trying to like get some money and it's it's like so many things it's in a way it's like a reflection of the society inside right yeah let's talk about the stigma of using public transit stigma yeah is there i'm wondering if there's is like like for example with your group of friends was it like oh you're going to use the bus like was that a thing of like being i don't know there's there's a clear preference for the I'm not gonna say the name of the app it's the um, car sharing <laughs> <laughs> car sharing services <laughs> um, and that that was a boom that's a boom industry you have mm-hmm. um, millions of people using it and um, so you do have a preference for that and then people usually will, will share mm-hmm. but I I'm unsure about the host the whole stigma thing because you still have most people and most people our age depending on 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 public transit so um at least from from my experience i haven't seen a major stigma of of, of, although it it does exist as it exists in any society yeah i agree um brazilia especially because it's the well the city of the automobile automobile there is a clear preference uh to there is a clear preference of the ride sharing app that you was talking about (laughs) and i don't know because in Brasilia the, the, the public transport system is so terrible and so it doesn't reach where it should and it's uncomfortable and it's all the bad things we talked about before. I feel like anyone that 
anyone that doesn't have to use it just doesn't. Yeah. So it, it 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 marginalizes again the, the the more humble lower classes because they are forced to use this. But then if you have a little bit more money, I feel like in Brazil you just won't. You'll get the ride sharing app. You'll save up to buy a used car. You'll literally do anything else to make your life a little bit comfortable. How about you, Nikito? Um, I will say yes. Well, at least when when I was in high school, I didn't need to use the public transit at all because I had. Um, I, I went to school on like the school bus. I used the school bus, and uh, if I needed to go somewhere else, my parents will will drive me there. Um, but I think it's uh, especially. Uh, Regarding your social economic status, that if you're saying, "Oh yeah, I came here, I I used the, like the subway or like not the subway, like the, the bus or the streetcar," they will be like, "What?" <laughs> and especially the other thing is that they, especially if you're a woman, if you say, "Oh yeah, I I came here, I it took me so long because I." use the bus, they will be like, why are you using the bus if you are a woman, you know? So, yeah, it really depends for sure um, what's your like your socioeconomic status, as I said before, but there's a lot of stigma regarding who uses it, where are you going, if it's just like a daily use or more like a one, one, like one, one time thinking, so, yeah. I, it's just thought when we were talking about ride sharing apps it's taxi drivers taxi mm. drivers in rio are they're i think they're a spiritual entity of the city <laughs> yeah it's like they're the this classic yellow and blue cars that you'll see everywhere and now they're 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 waning down because of ride sharing apps <laughs> um but these the at first it's a mafia there's yes. clear mafia in britain rio yes. i don't know if it's, it's it is in your places Clearly a mafia, and it's just like a terrible service. Like it was always really, really bad. Um, and in a way, I'm, I'm in, in a way these these ride sharing apps they've they've improved like in you know, in a really unfair and unequal way. And we can talk about the gig economy in, in later episodes. Um, but in a way, they didn't. It felt like it did improve um, transport in Rio specifically. And I used the ride sharing apps a lot in Brasilia too, so... Yes. And uh, we can have another episode about ride sharing apps, but... Sometimes I have a friend who might make an appearance here once, who's from the southern city of Porto Alegre, and he tells me that there, depending on where you're going, ride sharing apps are cheaper than the bus. That is... That is completely... I don't even know, I don't even know the word to use, it's completely... Weird, unacceptable, absurd, it, and... Oh, and now that I'm talking about prices, um, I just <laughs> wanted to quickly add, Raquel, you were talking about, oh, how much it costed, whatnot, um, to ride the Metro Quito. In Brasilia, this, two weeks ago, there was, um, the governor announced that there would be increases of 50 cents, 50, 50 cents to uh, public transport, and that would make the most expensive bus five reais and 50 cents, which is... Completely absurd. Completely yeah. absurd. People took to the streets. I don't think they're gonna back down on this one. And increasing 
prices for public transport in Latin America, or anywhere in the world really, is very sensitive because it changes everything. The price you pay for public transport changes your literally everything. It changes your finances entirely. So again, all this does is marginalize the lower classes. That's a common thread I'm going to keep bringing up because that's what it does. And when you increase the price, what you're doing is making the lower classes, the more humble people of the city, they have to work more to be able to pay for it because the people who have the money to pay for this increase are not taking public transport, at least in Brazil. Isn't it the same in Rio? Yeah, same thing. And I mean, we can, we can talk for hours here on, and we can, we can definitely have another episode on this because, and it can be ongoing, right? We can have other people here from other cities. And Anna, you better come next time. <laughs> it's a direct message for you. Um, and uh, I, I would like to close the episode if you guys have any closing remarks. No, I think that's, that's it. So, yeah. But I think it's something that you, they should experience. Like if you ever go to Quito or Brasilia or Rio, just uh, pay for the fare and then... Live. Yeah. Live our reality. Try it out. Feel it. <laughs> Feel the people. And then you can complain about the TTC. And then you can, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Okay. I I think we should have, like... So... Okay, audience. We're currently at the oldest office, which is on Sussex here at UFT. And it's the building right above campus, please. And and we share <laughs> the oldest office shares room with the badminton club. And I think it should like they should pair us with like relevant groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just having like a random groups together. Random. It should be maybe I don't know. Yeah. SSO, do they have an office? No, they don't. I don't think so, but there are, I'm pretty sure there are other social, other, like multicultural clubs. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening to this clubs. and you assign offices to <laughs> clubs at the University of Toronto, pair the Organization of Latin American Students with the Brazilian Student Association. Ooh. Hear me out, eh? That could yeah. work. Uh, Next year we'll actually submit <laughs> the application. Oh, that would be perfect. Brasa and all the uh, oh, takes takes over the I would actually make this this room nice. Like, yeah, because um, like properly decorated. I wish that you can, like the audience can see, like we're we're because <laughs> it just it's a mess. It's uh, it's still Halloween here. It's still yeah. Halloween. We, yeah. I mean, but it's it's better than it's Halloween. Used to be. It's Christmas. It's the other Bandera. Yeah, it's uh, badminton too. Yeah, well, it's it's better than it used to be because before it was like this huge tent. Oh. That they set up There's inside. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've never been. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. the tent. Right, yeah. right, right. So they I had. Mean, yeah. yeah, I make it look smaller as well. Yeah. It was. It was. It was, it was gross. Yeah. And I and I yeah. Oof, can I say that? No, let's just maybe I cut it. But who's who knows? I heard there was like someone living here for a while. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs>